right, what's going on, everyone? Thanks for checking out the Longcast. We're in episode four. Uh, big shout out to all of our viewers on Facebook and also our listeners on the podcast. If you don't know where to find it, just uh, go to any of your podcast resources and just type in the Longcast. Uh, we have four episodes up there, so please do check them out. Also, uh, we love. Um, the listener questions so please send in all your listener questions to uh, the lawncast at gmail.com uh, we'd love hearing from you guys and just positive feedback negative feedback all feedback is welcome so without further ado uh, I'm Emerson Daniels back in the quote-unquote mix and of course your host wow, Lonnie Narsen I like what you did there Dan uh, he goes by Emerson Daniels on the weekends but in this uh, realm you are Daniel Emerson and that for sure is our strong suit because Dan got rave reviews last week yeah, right. for being the co-host no bullshit Dan I assure you you are a very positive influence All on right, the show I'll take, and, it. I'll take it and and you should take it you're really good at what you do and we appreciate it um, I am super pumped this week because it is WrestleMania week. I know, Dan, to you, you don't celebrate this holiday, but I would hope that you would be happy for me to be celebrating such an amazing time in my life. So I see the excitement on your face, the enthusiasm. That's great. I think it's just uh, like daytime like soap operas for grown men. I agree with you 100%. <laughs> I love that you brought that up. I'm going to get to that, but I just want to remind everybody that you all, everybody in this room, everybody on TV, everybody in the uh, in listening in the pod, to the podcast, everybody has the same thing in life. You all have something that you escape from and escape with. Uh, some people use alcohol. Some people use drugs. Some people use gambling. Some people use cigarettes. Some people use the jewel pod. <clears throat> and some people watch wrestling on their free time, bro. I don't think those things are mutually exclusive. Okay, what about watching wrestling versus watching like some dorky video games? I think that's a better comparison. Okay, so people who play dorky video games are basically wrestlers. And yes, we're dorky also. I know it. Wrestling is not normal. It's not awesome for everybody. But I got news for you. It allows me to escape. It allows me to go to a place where I was when I was a kid. It makes me forget about being a dad and a husband and a business owner. It lets me just be Lonnie Narsen. And I it allows... And I love it. I love it so much. I watch every week. I watch as much wrestling as possible, as much as I can. This will not be a wrestling podcast tonight. This will not be exactly what that is. We will certainly break down and dissect WrestleMania. Uh, but we have a lot more to do today. And so we're going to get right into the podcast episode four with Lonnie and Dan. And we want to jump into topic number one today, which is not WrestleMania. Not wrestle related. Uh, <clears throat> so a quick little tidbit uh, coming from the news out of the colleges. Uh, students at Dickinson College are taking issues with signs around campus that encourage students to take the stairs instead of elevators to improve their health. The students reportedly consider the signs fat shaming as they promote the dangerous narrative that weight loss is a positive thing. Now, this is amazing because I, I read the article and I called Dan. I said, yeah, this has to be the first thing we talk about because this is exactly the opposite of how Dan and I live our life. Dan and I are exactly the guys that would take the steps instead of the elevator. We are exactly the people they are targeting. The problem is, is that they're targeting, I should rephrase that, we're the target, right? So we're the ones that are going to take that advice. But we already go to yoga and run five, six miles every day. And so the people that should take that advice, young people who are not physically fit, I am not suggesting in any way these have to be tremendous, gigantic people or made to feel weird in any way. But how is a sign threatening to somebody? There, I read the sign. 
the sign was very specific. Well, a student said that she started to realize that I shouldn't put my body through pain or stress when there's an elevator I could use. Which I read and I thought was absolutely, that's a real person talking about that, right? There was two students that were shamed, I guess, by it. And then there was a teacher, apparently, and in the article it calls her the fat teacher. I did not write the article. But in the article, that's what it says. And it is strange to me that people... Listen, I am not the guy that's going to park as far away as possible and walk all the way no, to the supermarket. No, right? But if there's elevator and I have to wait or stairs to one or two or three floors, I'm not talking about climbing 25 flights. No. I'm talking about climbing a normal amount of steps to get to my class without being out of breath, huffy puffy, or angry at somebody for suggesting that I do that. Yeah, I just think it's uh, it's come to the point where what are... What is right? What can you what, say? What are you and what are you not triggered, quote unquote, by? So like these kids, these... Uh, I'm these triggered by they everything. They were triggered that they saw this sign. You know, like um, it's, it's, a cra- it's almost a crazy world. Do you honestly believe they were triggered or you just think it's another way for these, no offense, millennials, I guess. I don't know what to call these kids in college right now that are doing this stupid shit. But this to me is like... What there are real problems in the world. Like this is their deflection method. It's crazy. It's this like, is how they deflect. It's like this we're not like, fat. You're you're stupid for it's calling like us fat. The, uh, the emotional support puppies or like the safe spaces, and it's just like. Well, those are all real things. I that think it's I, a cut the shit. Like if you have a broken hip and you can't physically take the stairs, that's. Take the elevator. 100%. But I don't think the sign is anyway attacking anyone. Or, or it's let's... Not, it's not a micro No, anyone it's with like, like, let's that. say... It's like, hey, if I see this sign, you know what? That makes a good point. Maybe I should take the stairs. That's it. We're not saying it's mandatory. Yeah. Go it. If you do, good. Great. If no, you let don't, me ask... but just like, if you're feeling... If you're feeling attacked. Where does it stop, though? A salad? Apparently, How about the salad bar at the at the commons? Yeah, is that? I don't want salad in my face because it, it's is that, promoting a healthy lifestyle. It's promoting a healthy lifestyle, and it gives me anxiety that people and are I looking look at, at this green stuff. How much dressing it's, I put on my salad or something of that nature. I don't nature. think there's an end in sight, unfortunately, with like this way of thinking. I really don't. I think there's only going to be more articles like this. Dan, this is not this is not exclusive to young people, though, I should say, because I have, once again, I'll fulfill everyone's, it's easy for me to tell you guys, I've been told I'm an asshole before. I've been told I'm an asshole again. Uh, it happened again this week. I made, no, uh, I, I overreacted, which I do a lot of the times, and anyone who knows me knows that is part of my nature. I also apologize aggressively, so it's not like I'm the abusive husband where I beat the shit out of you and then I say I'm sorry for it and I'm meant to be okay. If I fly off the handle and say something I regret uh, to somebody, I'm going to say, you know what, that was a little off kilter. I was a little aggressive. I apologize. Um, but I said something yesterday to somebody and I don't know that it was so aggressive or so terrible, but the response was so overwhelmingly like you, how dare you? And like, I apologized. I said, I was very sorry. I even made another attempt to say I was sorry. And I was told like, there couldn't just been the apology accepted. Like I, I knew that it was a bad day. It was a rough day. It had to go this whole extra mile. And that is in essence, what is happening all across the country. That was just a small sample size. The reality is, is that you can't say anything to anybody anymore. Keep your fucking opinions to yourself. I should be the person to take my own advice. I am literally the worst when it comes to 
shutting my mouth and just not saying anything. And I can't stop myself sometimes, but if somebody once suggested to me to take the steps or, and, and if I had a real issue, then yeah, I could understand if I had CP and somebody was like, take the steps, I'd be like, yo, back off. But if I'm just a little chubby and there's a sign there suggesting that you might want to do it because it could in essence help you live longer. Yeah. And I, for me, that's the goal. It's not being thin. It's not being pretty. It's not any of those things. It is living longer to be there for my children and my family. It's, that's it. Yeah. I agree. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a little much. We practice what we preach though, Dan, it's because we're much. not just here bullshitting and telling people we would take the stairs. You go practice yoga every like three, three times a week. Not you, that crazy, but I try to, try to do the yoga. I try to stay active. You're mindful with your diet. Dan has never had salad dressing. Dan has never had milk. Oh, speaking of... That, that's a good transition to the next topic for me, if you don't mind. I feel like we're good at this, yeah. right? I'm good. at These kids are out of their goddamn minds. Um, so last week, I let everybody know that I think I wasn't sure if I was vegan or vegetarian or, or what. I was just grossed out. I'm still definitely grossed out. That's for sure. Milk is not a possibility. No yogurt. No cottage cheese. I'm going to vomit just talking about it. No regular cheese. No, nothing. No pizza with cheese. I did figure out ways to eat like cauliflower crust pizza um, with sauce and veggies. And it was really awesome. It was very good. Uh, I'm sorry. I got to shut this part off. Not the podcast, but I'm getting a phone call here. I need to shut that down. So um, I decided uh, to last, I guess the podcast was on Thursday, went out to dinner with friends on Saturday night. And I decided early in that day that I was going to eat a piece of fish uh, because I knew that I was not going to, I'm not going to be a vegan my whole life, I'm, but I am not going to, eat milk ever again. I just can't see myself doing it. So I had a piece of fish. It didn't destroy me. It didn't bother me. It didn't ruin my life. It didn't do anything to me. Um, I've now once again, since that piece of fish remained uh, conscious, I believe is what I'm trying to call it and mindful of what I'm putting into my body. I plan on having maybe a steak this weekend. I don't know. We'll see. But um, for me, I feel like that's the right way to go. And, and health wise, I've never felt better. I have a torn labrum or what do I have, Dan? I think it's that. Yeah, torn labrum. I have a type three slap tear of my labrum. And since I've been mindful of this, um, there's been zero pain and I've unlocked yeah. all that fatty a garbage. A lot of the dairy causes inflammatory responses in the humans. And what so about, what about meat in, too? Uh, meat, anything <laughs> acidic. The hormones. In it, the, it causes an inflammatory response. The hormones so, in the meat. Um, uh, we're expecting a phone call today from our, our caller. Uh, let's see if this is the caller. I guess we'll take the call, right, Dan? You're going to take it over there? Uh, I'm going to bring it over here. Nah, you know what? I'm going to let it ring. I don't care. I'm going to let it ring, and we're going to go from there. Why are people calling us through this podcast? It's certainly annoying. You want to answer it on the other side? Just see yeah. if it's something important? I can't imagine that it is. All right, so while Dan's doing that, I'm going to take on some WrestleMania uh, information that I want to get out there to the public. Anyone that doesn't know, if you have the WWE Network, you guys are in line for a lot of fun this weekend. Starting uh, tomorrow night, starting tomorrow night, you're definitely going to be in line for the best of the weekend, in my opinion, which is NXT TakeOver. NXT TakeOver is... Uh, uh, part of the WWE, it's NXT is their uh, minor league, let's say, affiliate. And uh, they are uh, putting on a phenomenal show at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, April 5th, Friday night. Main event will be Johnny Gargano versus the Undisputed's Adam Cole. Adam Cole, baby! This guy is ridiculous. He's like a young Shawn Michaels right now. And Johnny Gargano, they refer to him as Johnny Wrestling. Well, I'm just going to pause you real quick. Uh... <coughs> 
Let's see. Hello? Hello. Hey, Adam. What's going on, man? Uh, so this wasn't uh, this guys. This wasn't part of the show. This wasn't anything. But uh, we just had a call, and uh, you're on speaker, Adam. We have a caller. Speaker. So 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 me and Struz are in the office, just uh, waiting for our next meeting. We wanted to tell you that we're excited, and we're excited for WrestleMania this week. <laughs> we well, are excited there you go. for WrestleMania. Also, thanks for the call, in, Adam. What do you guys do? What are you guys doing over there, waiting for an appointment? You said. We are. Yeah. And who's we? Who's you said? Who's with you? Struz. Striz. Oh, DJ James Striz. Nice. What's up, Striz? Shout out. So, Adam, tell me this. Are you a big wrestling fan? I don't know that about you. Uh, you know what? It's actually really like uh, something that I don't share, but I'm a huge wrestling fan. Okay. Have you ever been to Have you ever been to a WrestleMania? Uh, I have not been to WrestleMania, but uh, I watched WrestleMania last year, and I had my... Uh, my D-Generation X shirt on, and my wife was uh, had a Ronda Rousey shirt on. So okay, yeah. so you guys get into the family, and you have a beautiful baby girl, from what I understand, correct? We do. Is she yeah. going to be in like a, maybe like an Alexa Bliss or a Becky Lynch, the man onesie or something? What do you got going on for that? No, we're making her Doink the Clown. Doink the Clown. I believe when they're that small, they call him Dink. Dink, dink the Clown. Dink, dink, dink the Clown. Dink the Clown. <laughs> so let me ask you a question. Did you ever wrestle in high school, or you just started, wrestling, you started watching wrestling as a kid? Listen, I, I think everybody uh, explains that uh, for, for a kid, you know, you look at these, let's say, performers, you know, or actors or, you know, uh, pro wrestling professionals. And uh, I, I was just enamored by it. You know, I thought it was like very the, cool. the coolest thing in the world. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. The performance aspect of it is very, uh, it's majestic. The pageantry of it alone uh, could drag you in. Like Dan said earlier, it's kind of soap opera And I think that's the perfect yeah. way to say it. Uh, a soap opera. And he said a soap opera for men, but I know plenty of women who fall into line and watch that soap opera as well. Enjoy it. They enjoy the uh, athleticism of the wrestlers. They enjoy the 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 storylines. Although the WWE storylines have taken a step back, the writers have not done their job, in my opinion. I don't think they're telling the proper stories. I think they have great talent, yet they're not using their uh, they're not using their talent to their advantage. I want to thank Adam for the phone call and James. You guys are awesome. Thank you for checking in. the The reality of the reality of professional wrestling and watching it. And I say the reality with a, a grin on my face because there is no reality. The reality is, is that it's all for fun and spectacle. And so anyone that says to you, it's not real. We know it's not real. Of course we know it's not real. It's, like, it's tell escapism. Me, isn't it like saying the Cosby show wasn't real? Like, clearly I he know. He was definitely drugging those women. No, that in real, <laughs> life, in real life, in real life, he was definitely drugging those ladies. But and by the way, nobody ever thought it was weird that this guy had a gynecological office uh, in his basement. That seemed weird right off the bat. And I was like nine when that show aired. But I feel it, like in that time, everything was just like, oh, that's just who he is. It doesn't really make sense in today's age. No, it certainly didn't make sense. All right. So we had our first call in like that. Yeah. So, dope. yeah, like so we're really we don't know what works, what doesn't work. We tried that out. This was live. We didn't expect it. And we'll see, you know, how it goes. I liked it. Yeah, it was cool. I liked it. It I was on topic. It was Somebody poignant. else's perspective, 100%. Yeah. Uh, I'm all in. All right, so now we did have a regular question, didn't we? Have yeah, yeah, we had uh, – so, again, if you have any questions, please send to the loncast at gmail.com. Uh, we'll, we're fielding all questions, all comments, concerns. 
good, bad, somewhere in between. So uh, this was an anonymous listener, and it was directed at Lonnie, and I'm just going to read it to you. Uh, what do you wish you had known when you started out in business? So what do you wish you've known now that, um, you know, you wish when you started? So I'm going to, before I answer that phone call, it looks like our caller, before I answer right. that question, it looks like our caller. Can I get All back right. to that? Yeah, yeah, we'll get back All to right, it. We'll, we'll get back to it. Put a pin in it. So I don't know who is calling. Lonnie just said it is topical. So we're going to try this out, and we'll go from there. Yep. Hello. Hello. Hey, what's up, brother? What's going on here? Oh, wow. Okay, well, on the phone, we have on the phone we have a special guest caller in. His name is Peter McFeely, and Peter McFeely is a wrestler from the 70s and 80s. Uh, Peter, you wrote a book, is that correct? Hey, uh, Peter, can you hear me? You don't even know, brother. Okay, so you wrote a book, from what I understand. It's called Confessions of a Jobber, How I Beat My Way Through Pro Wrestling Without Ever Winning a Match. Seems, seems suspect. You son of a bitch. You know you shouldn't even be revealing my secrets here. On this broadcast you're doing. Oh, would you duck a queen in a clam? Uh, I, I, it's hard to understand you. Should Is he I? a pirate? Are you a pirate? Is that? I, I'm confused. I was under the impression you were a wrestler from the 70s and 80s named Peter McFeely. I believe they called you Stroker. Stroker McFeely. Am I crazy? Because I, I don't recall ever really seeing you on Saturday morning wrestling, and I watched a lot of wrestling. Well, you don't know what you're talking about there, kid. You know, I was there, and I was making sure all the wrestlers we're taking care of. That's what I did. You were taking care of the wrestlers, so you were you were worked in the back, or you were an actual wrestler. I was what they were called. I was what they were called back then. A jobber. A jobber. Okay, a like a jobber. A guy who would like lose on purpose to people. You were jobbing. No, that's you. You're a fucking moron. That's a squatter. I'm a jobber. A blow, I think. A jobber. A jobber? Like a, jo like a jobber? Like, I'm confused. So let me go backwards. Like, in your book, I think I have an idea of what you're suggesting, and I'm not sure that this is, makes any sense, but I'm going to go into no, what... No, 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 what you're talking about. A squasher. <laughs> they would lose their people in two seconds, three seconds. A jobber in the back, but they would get out of the weed. Yeah, we stroke them off to good, good. Because they okay. would want to not go out there with a Wait a minute. Okay, hold on a second. In your, you sent us a, a pamphlet, right? And in the pamphlet, it said that you did things to the wrestlers in the back. These are all your words. I'm just reading them, okay? Because I don't want, I, I don't want any liable. So you're you're suggesting that you would be the guy in the back that would masturbate the what? other wrestlers and give them uh, get rid of their erections for them, so when they came out on TV, they wouldn't have an erection. No, no, it's just that that's what it was. Well, in in your in your notes you sent us, it said, um, and my my crack team they they did a lot of research. <laughs> we couldn't. We heard you. You wrote that you tossed salads for the Tonga kid. Okay, all right. Hold on. It also said you French kissed all three of the free birds. Is that true? That was what we used to call tossed salads. What about you? It says it says you cornholed Kamala. Is that true? 
I never did that. But you know what I did? I'm going to tell you something. All right? I'm a little, uh, you know, my first phone interview since I started this book tour of mine. And I'd go back into the back in the day. And I'd say, what? Sounds sounds suspect. It sounds a little suspect. Can we get this book on like uh, Amazon? Can you go? Where can you find the book? This is some rinking in operation going on here. You know what I mean? Well, uh, what it, what I read from you was that there was an episode at WrestleMania one that turned your career around. There was a huge ordeal in the back. You were like. Front and center, it was involving you and Mr. T. Let me explain, let me explain it to you and everybody listening right now, okay? Back in the day... People are leaving one by one. <laughs> it was what they used to call a morality clause, okay? And you could not have an erection on television if there was two people wrestling. You said... You had said that already, I know. But so, what happened at WrestleMania? What was the what happened at WrestleMania that made you like? I heard Vince Senior uh, was like super annoyed with you because Mr. T went out there and he was a little thick, is what I believe it said in your notes. This is what happened, okay? Mr. T all of a sudden was like, "What? I can't go out there and fight Wiley Wiley Piper like that." So I just you put your arm around Mr. T and you said everything's going to be okay? I don't know, man. This sounds damn. Do we believe this guy? He splashed you on the face like I was going to call Mr. T. They called me the They did not call you the A-team, baby. I got to go, bro. You sound crazy, Peter. I Thanks for calling in, man. We'll see maybe next time. We'll get some more information out of you. Stroker McFeely, everybody. Thanks for wrestling. We appreciate it. All right, so that was crazy. I don't think that guy was a real wrestler, Dan. I'm going to take a stab and say no. Uh, so welcome to episode four. If you're just tuning in, this will be our last episode after that caller. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had one good caller, and then we had that guy. So we'll see how it goes from there. Maybe they kind of cancel each other out. Yeah, well, we had another question uh, from uh, Paul Kurzer. And yep. uh, I think the question was, uh, you want to ask it? Yeah, yeah. So uh, we kind of... Uh, wanted to route this all kind of WrestleMania wrestle related. So this came in. Uh, what was or is your all-time favorite closing move? And uh, this listener said is a toss between the snooker off the top rope and then whatever the Iron Sheik used to end with. The Iron Sheik used to end with the clam- camel clutch. I knew that. I was the camel, that was, I was gonna the camel guess that. clutch was his original closing maneuver, and he used it on Bob Backlund to win the uh, heavyweight title for the first time. And then Hogan beat him in, uh, I think it was like January of 83 to win the first WWE, his so first WWE title. So what would your all-time favorite closer move be? So my favorite, well, let's call it finishing maneuver because that's what it's called. A right? finishing so if maneuver. You start call, if you keep calling it a closing move, I'm going to freak out and jump off a bridge. Bro. I'm going to have my closing move. is going to be me jumping off, this ro- jumping off the roof. Okay. Um, all right, so my favorite all-time finishing maneuver, I would have to say, was ravishing Rick Rude would do the, uh, the DDT. Um, I'm sorry, he would do the, the, the hangman's neck breaker. So he would stand up and he would have the other guy's neck behind him, right? And they'd be back to back. And he would do this like thing where he'd swivel his hips and then he'd drop down and he'd, uh, he'd break that uh, person's neck in essence. And then that was the end. And that was, that was probably my favorite one. I did also like when uh, Hogan dropped that leg 
because you knew that was the final. That was he only dropped the leg once in a match. That was it. When he did the leg drop, you knew the one, two, three count was coming. So for me, that was uh, that was uh, my favorite finishing maneuvers. And I All think right. it says a lot because it tells you when I started watching wrestling and the reasons why I started wrestling. And I'm going to get into that at the end of the show. But there was a question Dan asked before that crazy caller called in. Um, yeah, not to jump around too much, but uh, we'll get back to it. Uh, yeah, I just think what it's, do you wish you had known when you started out in business? Yeah, so. I obviously went back to it because I, I I have an answer, and the answer is is I wish I would have known how to save money better. Okay, why? Uh why? Or how? I'm going to tell you why and how. So, as a young 23 year old, I opened Old Productions, and I didn't know I had no idea what I needed or needed to do. Just like this podcast, it was a work of art, and it was. Every, every day changing and I was trying to figure out what Noble was and how it could be better. But the one thing that never stopped was I always was making money. I would make money and I would go and spend money and I would make money and I would spend money. And although I bought a house, um, I didn't save enough money where it was easy for me. And like all the money that I spent as a young man, 23 to 33, let's call it. Um, and I'm not sure if that's a young man, but for me, it seems young now. Um, I spent so much bullshit, terrible garbage money on partying on, I would have filet mignon and lobster tail nights with my boys just for no reasons. Every Friday night, I mean, we were all single and we would like get this and get that. And we'd go out and not, we wouldn't just go out and get an Uber like a normal group of guys. I would rent us a party van for $900 to drive us to Kathmandu in Trenton. And we would go get wasted and be barely able to get back in. And you look back on it and your parents would tell you and your family would tell you like, you were just wasting your money. What are you doing? You're like I have plenty. Da, da, da. And then you get married and have kids and you realize there's never enough money. There's never enough that you could have. So if there was one thing that I wish I would have known when I first started out running Noble and open Noble is that every dollar counts, every dollar in, you should save half of it. Uh, if I can give any of my young people advice that work for me uh, or any friends of my family or young people that ever say to me at the gym, what, you know, any advice you got, you know, young business owners, young entrepreneurs, the advice I always give them is spend less, save more and keep your overhead to a minimum. I mean, just devil's advocate here. Do you think spending frivolously like that, do you think you made up for it in the memories? Wow. So what you're suggesting is that it took me endless amounts of money to make those memories. And I disagree with you. I'm just asking, I'm just playing devil's advocate. I, and, I'm, yeah. and what I'm trying to figure out is, A, like, are you, you right? You have those memories, but I it do, came at a cost. I, so. It came at a huge cost. And yeah. my thought is I could probably have had a lot of really great memories without having to expel so much of my yeah. bank account. I probably could have just as easily gotten drunk at my house or in my backyard instead of spending $1,200 that night to go down to Kathmandu to party with all these guys, you know, and, and in essence, some of them were appreciative a little bit, but most of them didn't even say thank you, quite frankly. So fuck you. And uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I think the best part about uh, money, quote unquote, is, is money. The best part is, of money well, is money. Yeah, but it's that you can always make more of it. Shit, and you can that's put what you think you can put yourself in that situation to make more of it. But I tend to think that you can't um, replace those memories and those and those once in a lifetime experiences dan how old are you younger than you just how old 32 32 years old so i just said from 23 to 33 so you're not even out of the window that i yeah. suggested that i didn't even realize it again this is my my kind of take right i'm now. not yeah. i'm not judging you on it i don't want 
I don't want you to get trapped and feel but I was like never a, I'm never a frivolous spender. I like shoes and that is frivolous. I like expensive things, but, but what I'm for a reason, no, what know? I'm saying is is that if you think that you could always make more money, I am here to tell you that you cannot. That you cannot always make more money. It I takes disagree. I don't know. I disagree. It takes a lot as you get older. Forget the fact that times change and things no, change and technology changes and certain things just you're not you age out of, right? You're not going to go intern at a Fortune 500 company at 35 years old. No. You know, so you start setting your seeds and planting your garden and hopefully it grows and flourishes. And that's why I suggest the saving aspect because yeah. the more you save, the less later you have to do. And if you forget save, if you pay off the important things and don't have a oh, lot I agree. of debt, I agree. then you're not, at least you're not behind the eight ball. Oh, I agree. So if you have no debt, then you could spend whatever you want. I unfortunately had debt and it took me a while to dig myself out of it. And you know, because I had the money yeah. and then I'd put it on the card and then I would buy something else and I'd go on a vacation. And there was a night I lost a softball game. I was dating a girl and she was in the St. Thomas at the time. And then I lost a softball game and I knew we were done with the playoffs. And I went home that night. I bought an airplane ticket and flew to St. Thomas the next morning. A bit aggressive. A bit aggressive. Great vacation. <laughs> Great um, vacation. All right. Cool. Um, all right. Yeah. Where am I at? Where do you want to take it? Perfect. <laughs> I'd like you to give me a music review. All right. So uh, coming off the big Ultra weekend, uh, everyone was down in Miami partying up for Ultra. Uh, I wasn't there, unfortunately. I'm not a big, huge fan of crowds. As crazy as that sounds. a sound. lot of people. But I read there was over 100,000 people like in the streets. Yeah, it's aggressive. So with that being said, I just have a couple tracks, not necessarily from this past weekend that were debuted, but just some tracks that are kind of sticking out to me. Uh, the song called White Lies by M22. It's kind of like a deeper bass house kind of track. Uh, good vibes. Um, there's a couple of remixes out, but I like the original the best. Um, another one is uh, Becky Hill and Weiss. Uh, Weiss, he's from the UK. He has a song called uh, Fill My Needs. Uh, these two teamed up for a song called I Could Get Used To This. Uh, very melodic, uh, 120-ish tempo uh, house track. It's, it's well done, it's well put together, and it's a feel-good song. And then, uh, you know, closing it out, we have Martin Garrix and Bond. Uh, Martin Garrix and like some of these guys displayed this past weekend they're trying to bring back that big room edm sound um and this song called high on life um they're pretty much encapsulating that they're trying to bring that back that thing that's kind of gone away like that big big sound that you hear at clubs so those are the three uh m22 white lies becky hill and weiss i can get used to this and martin garrick's high on life nice thanks dan all right, so I want to get to actually the wrestling weekend because I'm super pumped for it and I've waited long enough to tell everybody about what I'm excited for. So, Dan, I'm sorry if this is going to bore you, but I got to let this out. No, I'm here so to learn. This Friday night in the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, Johnny Gargano, who they call Johnny Wrestling, is fighting uh, the Undisputed Era's Adam Cole. This guy is dope, dude. They're both such great wrestlers. They were undisputed. They were undisputed. They're independent wrestlers for a long time out on the road rising up coming up wwe signed both of them adam cole got signed to way more fanfare uh johnny gargano and tommaso champa were two uh guys they brought in last year for what they call the dusty roads classic which is a tag team title uh tournament they pair up guys that are kind of random put them together uh and it's a play on an old um 
uh, tag team thing they used to do in the uh, NWA uh, called the Crockett Crockett Classic, where they would take guys that really didn't meant to be together, team them up, and fight. That's cool. So these two guys just got a shot, and they won the entire crowd over. They won the entire audience over. And for a year after that, they just kept winning and winning and winning and winning over the crowd and audience. And so Tommaso Ciampa finally fulfilled his destiny as uh, became the WWE, I'm sorry, the NXT uh, heavyweight champion. I had the pleasure of meeting him a couple weeks back at the local show in Tom's River at the uh, whatever center it was. NXT was there. A good friend of mine, Darling uh, is what he wrestled by for a long time. Still has a lot of friends in wrestling business, so he got us backstage, and it was unbelievable. Uh, Tommaso Ciampa was super, super, so chill and so cool, and he he didn't let me hold his belt, but he definitely let me touch it, and I was definitely thankful for that. And then shortly thereafter, he hurt, uh, he got hurt bad, and he had his. Uh, he had to give up his title oh. so he could go have, I think it's like neck surgery, uh, which is, you know, he's going to be out for about a year. So his title is on the line in essence. It's an open title. It's two guys without the title fighting for this title. Um, and it should be a dope match. Same thing with Pete Dunn versus Walter. Pete Dunn is my son Teddy's favorite wrestler. He's this little bulldog looking guy. He's the UK NXT champion. And uh, he's fighting this guy, a gigantic dude named Walter, who uh, comes in from Germany and just is a savage, right? And then the War Raiders, who are the two coolest guys ever, once again, met them in the back of that wrestling show. Those guys are also huge, big, huge, tremendous guys, the nicest, sweetest dudes ever. But in the ring, they are savages. Uh, they just kill it. And they're fighting... Two amazing guys, Ricochet and Alistair Black for the tag team titles. And Ricochet and Alistair Black are probably going to be on the main roster full-time starting after WrestleMania. They've been wrestling on the main card, WWE, NXT, uh, NXT uh, SmackDown, and uh, Raw for the last couple weeks. And then the other match I'm real excited for is the Velveteen Dream versus Matt Riddle. Uh, should be a really dope match. Uh, Matt Riddle is the guy that they pan out like uh, he's a former UFC guy. MMA guy, he has a bunch of fights in UFC, and uh, he just was like, now I'm going to keep my brain and not get punched in the face anymore, so he went Smart. to NXT, yeah, he makes a lot of money, and they package him like, uh, yo, bro, from Fast, well, from, um, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Got Spicoli, it. he's in essence Spicoli. <clears throat> Saturday night is the, uh, is the uh, at Brooklyn again, the Hall of Fame induction ceremony for WWE, this year they have, uh, you heard uh, Adam mentioned DX last uh, in the first phone call. Degeneration X was like a huge brand in the 90s. It was headlined by Shawn Michaels, Triple H, who both already happened to be in the WWE Hall of Fame on their own, as well as they're also putting in Road Dog Jesse James, Bad, Bad, um, the Badass Billy Gunn, China, And the only one that they're not putting in part of DX that was one of the original members was Rick Rude, who is dead as well as China is, but China's finally getting her due. And it'll be interesting to see what Billy Gunn does if he is there or not, since he is now the creative director or one of the creative directors for AEW. This is all French to Dan, right? This is all wrestling talk. So anyone that's still listening at this point is wrestling people and everyone's already stopped watching because only well, there's seven more people watching because they care about wrestling. So I only have a few more things wrestling to talk about uh so saturday night in brooklyn dx is going in the honky tonk man is going in you remember the honky tonk man don't you don't remember the honky Sorry. tonk man oh my god he was so great he was basically like a fat elvis he was like he's like i'm the honky tonk man i'm cool i'm cocky i'm bad and that's what like his whole gimmick was 
Uh, Harlem Heat is going in. Uh, Booker T and Stevie Ray, great tag team from WCW. Booker T is probably already in also on his own, but now he's going to go in with his brother from another mother, Stevie Ray. And if I had to guess, Stevie Ray is going in with Booker T because Booker T was very upset when Hulk Hogan made the N-word comment and made a huge deal about it. And now that Hogan is back in the WWE uh, in a small role, albeit, uh, he is... Uh, this weekend, as a matter of fact, he's introducing Brutus the Barber Beefcake into the Hall of Fame ceremony, so he'll be introducing him. Uh, but I think that's why they got Stevie Ray and Booker T in there, both black gentlemen, and right. uh, I think they did that. And then Tori Wilson is going in. I'm not really sure why. Female wrestler. She was never that great. Barely a champion. Definitely beautiful, but not Hall of Fame quality. And the Hart Foundation. Bret Hart is already in, but uh, he's putting him in with his original tag team partner and... Uh, Natalia, uh, Natalia's dad, uh, Jim the Anvil Nightheart. So he's going to finally get his due as well. And then the other one that I wanted to talk about <laughs> was obviously Saturday night. Uh, the Ring of Honor uh, and New Japan Pro Wrestling are putting on a super card, a wrestling super card. It's as if we took uh, the band 1975 and The Weekend and oh, all your favorite bands, right? It. And made a super show, I'm in. right? At yeah. Madison Square Garden. It's amazing. No one's headlined. There's not been a wrestling show at Madison Square Garden in so long like that, right? So they're doing this huge, and no other wrestling uh, event has ever, like, has been there in 50 years. Vince McMahon has not allowed them in. Wow. No other wrestler. So Vince was like, we're never going to do business with you again. Meanwhile, Vince is already doing business with them again, but he tried to hardline them. Nice. Uh, which is, you know, normal for this industry. But so Jay Lethal, who is a, a local guy, South River guy, who uh, is the headliner of this Ring of Honor promotion. He's their champion, and he will be main eventing in the center of Madison Square Garden in front of 40,000 people, awesome. whatever it is. It's so dope, man. He's such a great wrestler. He's seemingly a good guy. Everybody in the back, everything you read about him, people love him. And then, of course, uh, Sunday, all day long, you know where to find me. I will be watching wrestling with my son. He and I will be watching WrestleMania together for the first time. He's officially old enough. He is three years old. My daughter can watch if she'd like. We'll start off with the main event. We're going to work our way backwards. The main event this time for the first time ever is an all-female main event. It showcases Charlotte Flair, woo, daughter of Ric Flair. Becky Lynch, the man who has taken wrestling by storm. She's in essence this generation, Stone Cold Steve Austin. And Ronda Rousey of UFC fame. Ronda is the champion in, on Raw's brand. Charlotte is the champion on SmackDown's brand. And the match will be fought uh, to unify the titles. Whoever wins gets all the titles. And uh, it should be a barn burner. They should crush it. These women have been wrestling at a very high level, so I expect nothing but rock star status for them on sa on Sunday night. And if they are the showcase event, if they are the number one, the match that is going to make me remember WrestleMania, they better leave it all on the line. They better put everything they have into it because they are the first, and I guarantee you if it ain't great, they will be the last. <laughs> Next up would be uh, Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins. That match is... Uh, the WWE Universe is desperate for Seth Rollins or anybody for that matter to beat Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar is the ultimate heel. He seems unbeatable because he pretty much is unbeatable. He only fights five or six times a year, which is not fun for a wrestling fan because you never get an opportunity to see him. And from what I've read in the background, the wrestlers hate it also because they realize he's only going to defend that title five or six times a year. Got so it. if you're a guy in the back wrestling every night and you're winning or losing or winning or losing, it doesn't matter because there's probably only four guys that are going to 
fight him over the course of those six matches and they'll just rotate those four guys and so you're definitely not happy when he's the champ so i'm looking for rollins to either win that night or lose that night and then the following night, Roman Reigns gets a title match against Brock, Brock Lesnar to take back his title after having to leave his title on the ground after winning it finally. Roman Reigns was the guy that was um, found out he had leukemia. Yes. And then he, uh, he was in remission. He came back. He battled it uh, you know, valiantly. And so where everyone was rooting hard for Roman Reigns to come back, you know, there'll be another really dope match between Kofi Kingston, who's been a veteran for 11 years in the WWE, never had a shot at the WWE title, and he will be fighting against the new Daniel Bryan, which for people that like wrestling know Daniel Bryan is just probably the best storyteller going right now. Kurt Angle is going to have his farewell match. AJ Styles is going to be fighting Randy Orton, Triple H, and Batista. It's a pretty high brass match. John Cena does not have a match as of right now, and Braun Strowman is in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Uh, all those matches are going to be great. We're all looking forward to everything. I am specifically. Uh, I want to kind of get an idea of what everybody else is interested in for WrestleMania. So after you watch it, guys, please send us some emails to thelawncast at gmail.com. Uh, every episode is going to be different. This episode was really more for me. I, I, I appreciate everyone that's going to listen to it and yeah. everyone that uh, took interest in it. I promise you next week we'll go back to some more open format talking, but I can't have a week with WrestleMania on it and not talk about wrestling and what it meant to me. And for those that don't understand why, I'll explain very quickly. When I was uh, nine years old, my father took me to WrestleMania 1 at Madison Square Garden. It was a monumental moment in my life. Uh, I didn't know we were going. I just knew that we were going into New York City and uh, we were going with some friends. And as a kid, I don't think you really realize, especially when it was WrestleMania 1, what you're going to. You think you're just going to see a wrestling match and then you see you know, all this, these huge stars and Billy Martin and Muhammad Ali and Liberace, and it sounds so whack to people probably, but I'm literally getting the chills right now thinking about how I felt when I was a little kid then. And it makes me think of like the best times with my dad and all the good things in life growing up. And you know, like that was when everything was perfect. You were just a little kid and you go and you get a pretzel and a hot dog and you sit down in your seat and you beg for another soda and you know, the bell goes off and uh, it's like uh, Mean Gene Okerlund, I think, sang the national anthem that night. And it was crazy. It was Billy Martin's ringing the bell. And it was it was really awesome. It was so big and beautiful. And I'd never been to anything like that before. I've been to baseball games or football games at that point in my life. But for some reason, it just sat with me and stayed with me. And so from that point on, I'd never missed another WrestleMania. Uh, I went to WrestleMania, I think it was 30 when it was at the... Um, Meadowlands last time or whatever they call it, MetLife Stadium. And so for me, when I was, you know, I had a, a, a young daughter at the time and uh, my wife was cool, let me go. She didn't need help. And Teddy wasn't born at that time. But now at this point in my life, I don't want to bring Teddy with me to that kind of shit show. I'd rather enjoy it with him on the couch and watch it. And when he's nine or 10 or 11, and if he really loves it and still and wants to go, it'll be my pleasure to take him then. And, you know, we'll get to try to build those memories that me and my dad built. So that's why I love it so much. I'm making myself a little emotional right now because I'm proud of my dad. He retired a few years ago and he had gotten sick shortly thereafter. And uh, my dad accepted a job today. Uh, he went out and he saw a job he wanted and he went out and he got it. So I'm proud of you, dad. I appreciate all the hard work you always put in for us. And uh, thank you for taking care of uh, all of us always. So on behalf of uh, me and Dan and uh, 
WrestleMania weekend. We love you guys. We thank you guys. We appreciate the uh, support. Yeah, please uh, email us, uh, the Loncast at Gmail. Just any feedback, any questions, any topics you guys want us to discuss. Uh, definitely check our podcast out, or I'm sorry, Lonnie's podcast with no, the help is. of mine. No, no, no. It is uh, our podcast. It is definitely uh, our Anywhere you, uh, you find podcasts, we're on the Spotify's, yeah. we're on the Anchor FM. So it's the Loncast. Just hit it with a search. You'll find us. And um, thanks for tuning in to episode four, and we'll see you guys next week. Later.